Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Please share the podcast. That is the most important thing. Subscribe to the podcast first, I think, and then you share it. Rating and reviewing is great. Numbers are up, and we very much appreciate it. So we are into... Week three oh, already of the games. Crazy. Please slow down. It, I know. How it, about it, it? It's like one of those things where, I don't know, it, it reminds me of like a kid when you were like, there was like some vacation, like a family vacation you really looked forward to. And then all of a sudden you realize you were two days into your, you know, seven day long. And it's game. almost over. Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, it's you wish over. you could go back and yeah. look forward to it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> go back and look forward to it again. That's, That's right. Good. All right. So we're going to start out with some housekeeping items. Housekeeping. Yeah, some injuries here. We talked about this on the last cast, but officially Michigan State wide receiver Jalen Naylor, broken foot out for 2019. We've touched on this too, but we didn't talk much about Northwestern last week. Uh, Northwestern quarterback TJ Green, also foot injury out for 2019. Don't usually do the the just the week-by-week ones, but these both are pretty important because the quarterbacks, Purdue quarterback, Elijah Sindelar is concussed. Not sure if he's going to play. A light concussion is how I heard it. A light concussion? Okay, I I did not hear that. Uh, Rutgers quarterback, McLean Carter, undisclosed injury, may not play this week. Oh, I'm sorry. They've got a bye, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin safety, Scott Nelson with leg injury, out for 2019, whole season. Big loss there for the the Badgers. Finally, this one hot off the presses. Horrible news for the Purdue Boilermakers. Linebacker Marcus Bailey with a knee out for 2019, that per Mike Carmen, Journal Courier Big in West deal. Lafayette. Yep. Huge deal. And So uh, they could be playing really undermanned this yep. Saturday. And one more is Nebraska safety Dante Williams. I forgot about him. He Dante Williams out is for the out year. for the year. That is a lot of people being confirmed out for the year. In one week. week. That's yeah, in, That's crazy. Hopefully that trend doesn't continue. Yeah, Dustin Schutte, friend of the show, SaturdayTradition.com. He tweeted out some some pretty big numbers from Big Ten standouts here. Illinois defensive end Alawole Batiku leads the nation in sacks. Say that again. Alawole Batiku. That's great. So he goes by Wole, but pe- people call him Swole because he's swollen in certain areas of his body. <laughs> uh, he's leading the nation in sacks at 5.0 and tackles for loss at 6.5. Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore leads the nation in receiving yards at 344 and all-purpose yards, 459. Purdue quarterback Elijah Sindelar leads the nation in pass yards, 932, and TD passes at 9. Pretty big numbers from the Big So basically on our last podcast, we talked about how there seems to be a never-ending supply of talent around the league right now that that bears it out right there. Hey, speaking of talent, there is some good punting talent in this conference, isn't there? (laughs) So glad we get to talk about this. And you know, I'm not even exaggerating. Doesn't it seem like the punting is so much better now than it was 10 years ago? Is is that just me? Am I crazy? Well, I mean, something that... There, there's certain things that pop off the screen as a difference between college football and when you watch an NFL game. Punting, punting is, is one of them, but yeah. I don't think it's as big of a gap anymore. I think that's a fair assessment, yeah. And I think it's because there's so many Aussies that are coming over to kick. Definitely is making a difference. Yeah. you got to get yourself an Aussie. You have to. Yeah. So Adam Corsack, you know that name? I do. <laughs> Punter for Rutgers. He did not win the Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week this week. Can you believe that? No, I cannot believe that. Drew Chrisman won it. I love Drew Chrisman. He Definitely. Only, great he only, dude. Uh, he only punted three times. Now, he put two of them inside the 10, one of them on the one. He 
He did a he great job when he's out there. He might have been good enough to win Special Teams Player of the Week most weeks. On a normal week. But not last week. However, <laughs> Adam Korsak had 10 punts, 47.6 average, and a 46.5 net. Those are great numbers alone. He put five of his 10 inside the 10-yard line. He put four of them inside the five-yard line. Also boomed a 69-yarder. 69. Nice. Iowa fans went postal on the Big Ten for snubbing him. Yes. Which was hilarious. I mean... I, you got to give Iowa fans a little bit of credit there, right? Like we 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 know good punting and we love True. good punting, and just the fact that any fan base would go to bat that hard for a different you know player on a different right. squad. Obviously, I mean, not to, I'm not trying to you know uh, rain down on Rutgers here too much, but I don't think it's a big secret. There's more Iowa fans on Twitter than Rutgers fans. Sure. I mean, so they just they just went at it, and I don't know. I honestly think. They crowdsourced him into winning the national special well, so teams player of the week. That's I think what they I was just going to say. I hand in it. I think they probably did because he did win the week two Ray Guy Award, which is the national special teams player. So, so he that didn't win the conference, awesome. but he won the national one. I got, you know, Chris Hassel sent a tweet out, and he's funny all the time. He's always being sarcastic, but he sent a tweet out that said, It's entirely possible that the Big Ten forgot that Rutgers was in the Big Ten. Yeah. And. Yeah. I'm being serious when I ask this. Did did they just not watch enough of the the game? Whoever, who, first of all, who are the people? I don't know who they are. This? That's a good question. Who are the people? Who are the people behind? You know, like the 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 closed door. Is it is it a committee of seven people? Is it I, is it somebody from each team that writes in and then somebody decides? Maybe maybe like, minds I, want to know this. Yeah, this we point, should dig right? into that and yeah. see if we can find. I mean, out. you know who is picking out the Eisman. That's that's big right. Kurt. We know that. <laughs> that's right. We need to know more. Transparency here. Yeah, Full transparency. Yeah. But yeah, obviously front runners, whoever's doing it, because they're just picking the Ohio State guy because yeah. he plays for Ohio State. And yeah. they're not picking the records. And again, because- I want to give Drew Chrisman credit. He literally said on Twitter, This is embarrassing. I don't deserve it. That's a good point. That I, was awesome. I didn't bring that up. That was very cool of him. Yeah. Okay, moving right along. Darren Ravel from the Action Network has reported this as of today, we're recording Wednesday early evening. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has issued issued an initial decision on Ohio State University's attempt to trademark the word "the." They have refused the application. So that doesn't mean it. it they're not even looking at the case. Well, I'm, I'm not a patent lawyer, but right. that's what I take from this. Correct. They're not even considering it. No, it's they're just the, rejecting it before no they one. even look at it. You have more of a hard on for this than me, but I mean, I also got a small chuckle out of it when I read it, but. So somebody on Twitter today said, from now on, I am calling them N Ohio State University. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, that's good. All right. That's, a that's end it. of housekeeping. That's it for housekeeping. All right. Let's get right into it. We got 10 games this week. Uh, not as much as the last couple of weeks, but over the whole landscape of a season. Still a busy week, so we will somewhat rapid fire through this. All these games take place on Saturday, September 14th. There are three teams that are idle. I have oh, decided I like idle. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. There there is a there's a movement on Twitter for idle. to quit saying bye. Because it's hmm. not technically a buy. A buy is when, when you, you win. get the right is you when you get the first win, right? you get the first round of a playoff sure. something off. That's a buy. Hmm. Idle just means you're not playing this. All right, week. I'm gonna try to are you, I'm, are I'm you on, on board. I'm, you said bye earlier in the podcast. I almost I almost I did. I almost I almost busted you up then. Glad you saved it till now. Because now we learn. We learn through. Idle this, right? it is. We have three idle teams. 
Rutgers, Michigan, who I think probably are ready for their idol idleness and then Wisconsin and then coincidentally Michigan and Wisconsin play each other yeah. this week so they will b- both be coming off an idle idol week. week they're not yes. coming off a bye. bye okay all right so first up and again I break this down you're probably sick of me doing it but we do these chronologically for the most part we save the Big Ten game of the week which could happen at any point in the day but we save that for last because we believe it to be the juiciest matchup of the weekend with that being said, as we talked a little bit before we sat down, I find something juicy with all of these games. There is something interesting to look at. We got 10 games. Each mm-hmm. one of them is something where, you know, hopefully if I get to, to you know, watch the watch it live that I can't wait to catch my eye. And Okay. And every one of them. Every one of them. Okay. Yes. Challenge me. We'll, we'll, we'll hit it up. Are you when you, really, when you pass it back to me? Say what? Are you what really are you excited for? about the Fighting Illini versus the Fighting Emus? Is it the highest ranked game on the list of me being excited? No, but yes, there is something I want to look for. Okay, to. okay, all right, okay. First up, we got the two and zero Indiana Hoosiers traveling to Ohio State to take on the number five Buckeyes. This is an eleven o'clock a.m. game on Fox. The line is Buckeyes by 16.5. The over-under is 60.5. So before you get started, the first mm-hmm. thing I want to say is Hoosier fans, we don't blame you if you want to hit the 30-second the skip-ahead uh, button here pretty quick once Big Kurt gets talking because I think you're going to yeah. talk about history and things like that. And I want to give a special shout-out to Alex Davis on Twitter because he's a good guy. But anyways, take at, it away. At Hoosier Al 111 is at Hoosier Al 111. Thank you. Yeah, a little disparity in the overall record here. Uh, 74 wins for Ohio State, 12 for IU, and five ties. IU last one, they actually won back-to-back, 87-88. They didn't just win. 31 to 10 and 41 to 7 in those two years. Those are some good IU teams. Yes, late 80s, mid to yeah. late 80s. Indiana was, uh, they, they were good. With that being said, India has not won a home game versus a top ten team since. I'll take a guess. Home game versus top ten team. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to '88, 1966. Oh Lord, correct. I didn't realize it was that far. I seriously doubt anybody listening to our voices right now that would be a podcast subscriber was alive the last time Indiana beat a top ten team. At home. It was a good era for IU football, though. 67, yeah, they six. won the conference, or at okay. least, I think, a share of the conference. All right, that makes sense. Um, right. So a lot of people have been saying, I don't know, tell me if you've heard this, too. This is the year that IU is going to like break that kind of streak. Like They're going to beat Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State. This is the year. Have you been hearing that a lot? I have not been hearing Not that. from IU fans, necessarily. I've been hearing it from non-IU fans. Yeah, I mean IU fans are a very grounded, yes. good. Fa- I mean they're they're self-deprecating. I, I think they're one of my favorite fan bases in they're the great. Big Ten. Yep. Um, I really can't say I've heard that. I certainly haven't heard it this week. Maybe not this week. Yeah. Maybe more preseason kind of stuff. Right. But here's what I'm looking for in this game. Um, I am looking for is this the first time. I think it's safe to say that Ohio State has stepped up in their competition each week. Right? Yeah. FAU, uh, Cincinnati definitely a step up from them, and I think Indiana is definitely a step up from from Cincinnati. Probably. Um, what I'm looking for is, is this the game where Justin Fields actually looks uncomfortable in right. any situation? Up to this point, he has not looked no. uncomfortable in any situation. Well, all right, so – you got two pretty good offenses here, right? Yep. 
Another Dustin Shooty stat. I don't know if you saw that. He went down the list and 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 yards per game allowed, yards per game uh, gained, points. Yeah, it, pretty they were, similar. They're almost dead on. Pretty similar. And it's not like you know, but they've basically paid somewhat to a certain degree the same level of competition. Ohio State's been a little bit harder. Yeah. Um. So continue with Ohio State has a great defensive line. IU does not. I don't see them getting enough disruption against what I'm seeing is a pretty good offensive line from Ohio State to make him uncomfortable. That's what I'm seeing too. I don't I, see that happening. It's 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 hard for me to picture Justin Field. Like I think he'll get sacked a little bit more than the sure. previous two weeks. Like he has he has walked out of those games with no scuffs on the jersey. Nope. From from what I can tell, if he was playing on real turf, yeah, he would have been totally clean. Totally he had clean. a stain on his on his uh, maybe uniform. a first down he dove for it. Yeah, point maybe. But part of that reason is because Justin Fields is so dang good. He is getting the ball out on rhythm exactly when mm-hmm. he needs to be, probably because Ryan Day does a good job of getting his quarterbacks That may prepared. have something to do with it. Um, by the way, Justin Fields, I think we said this on the last podcast, but he's much-watched TV, must-watch football. He's electric. I mean, he looks so comfortable. He, he's got such an easy release, and he's athletic. He does. Thank you. That is what I was going to say. Oh, just he throws a ball. great ball. He and does. then And then he tucks it and looks like a wide receiver right. running, running down the field. So, yeah. So I think there's a little too much pressure on IU because there are some expectations. Is this the final of the year? They're not going to win the game, and I don't think they cover. I like Ohio State to cover, but I do like the under a little bit here. I would I would err on the side of the under if I had to. I think Ohio State's defense turned a corner. I think it was yeah. already turning a corner in the first game. Yep. And kind of fell asleep. They took that personal and kept the screws down tight the entire that was not a bad Cincinnati team no not at all a very very good Cincinnati team what I'm feeling right now is Ohio State is in the process of asserting themselves into the competition of being one of the top definitely three teams in the country if not two because I think that's how I feel too I I feel bad for Indiana here but I think Ohio State wins big I do too and I think we're going to start I think it already started last week it's going to be even more so this week. We're going to say, oh, gosh, mm-hmm. this is an amazing Ohio State team. Um, okay. This maybe is a little off topic. If you had to pick a winner of the Big Ten right now, who would you pick? I'd pick Ohio State. So would I. <laughs> and neither <laughs> one of us picked them before no. the season. Now, when I go back, like if I've got a Buckeye fan listening and they're they're laughing, like my questions were the offensive line sure. and the health of Justin Fields. And just the overall play of Justin Fields. The whole line is fine. Yeah. Justin Fields is more than fine. Yeah. The health of Justin Fields still an issue. Remains a deal. Okay, let me give you a little pause though, after we both picked Ohio State. Indiana, seven and one against the spread in their last eight versus Ohio State. They've also covered by an average of nine points. Really? Yeah. So easy. Or how do you define that? They I, I, covered by an average. Covered by an average. I, the, you, IU plays these games tight usually. But not in the latter parts of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. No, not not in those parts. Yeah. So I'm going with the quaff. Which is the part that I think Indiana fans are most sick of. All right, moving on. Our ninth game or our second game that we're going on here is Eastern Illinois, 1-1, one one, going into Champaign to play the Illinois Fighting Illini, who are 2-0, and 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is on Big Ten Network. The Illini favored by seven and a hook over under 55. 
what we got. This is one of the toughest ones for me to pick this week. This is the first meeting ever between these two. Which yeah? Is kinda hard, yeah, oh, kind of hard man. to believe. I actually sat in a coach's meeting at Eastern Michigan one time. Okay. This is about 10, 15 years ago. My buddy was on staff. Really? For Eastern Michigan under okay. Jeff Jenick. Remember Jeff How long Jen? ago? <sighs> I mean, I'm going to guess, God, that was probably, I'm going to say 12 years ago. How's the facilities? They were garbage. Yeah. Total garbage. I was kind of figuring. Uh, it was it was not what I expected of a coach's meeting at all. So we're saying is that Illinois has a decided facility advantage. They do. <laughs> in this one, they do. Uh, by I can't the way, believe you didn't work that in. I figured that would be the first place you're. Damn, I, should, I didn't even think right, about it. I, said, I got you, buddy. Anyway, Jeff Jenick, I think, is back at Northwestern where he had been previous to, to Eastern Michigan. Um, Eastern Michigan, 13-2 and two against the spread run as road dogs. But they failed to cover last week versus Kentucky. Okay. So what I'm looking for, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm looking for the Illini rushing attack to look like the last year's Illini rushing attack. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, we don't know if Corbin is back so we don't for know. sure. Okay. We, it, there's, th- there's reason to believe he will be. Um, also, hip pointer. Hip pointer. Yeah. Also, Sidney Brown is probably going to be back in the, as safety. Start, he was starting safety last year. He has okay. not played this year. Okay. Um, here's my concern. I, I know the Illinois defense has improved. Eastern Michigan has got a nice little quarterback, Mike Glass the third. He threw for like 373 against Kentucky last week. Yep. Granted, they were coming from behind the whole game. He threw a bunch of times. Their pass defense, the Illinois pass defense, has not been very good this year. It's been really soft. I, I think that's where they can pick them apart. I think Illinois scores points. I do think they are going to get the running game back back this week, as long as Corbin's there. So, what is your confidence? What percentage that Corbin's plays Saturday? I would say 75%. Okay. Real quick side story. Yeah. Um, hip pointer. You ever had one? No, I don't think I've had an official hip pointer. Okay. I bet you if you gave me a calendar, I could almost tell you the date <laughs> that I got my first hip pointer. Okay. Um, when I went to Iowa, I was actually a running back. I know that's hard to imagine. And uh, one of the first practices with the big boys, because you have a freshman camp when you go, and then there was a semi uh, definitely tackling firm tackling uh with the with the uh number one defense and i won't say his name but we only had shells on so helmet and shoulder pads okay and he just went ahead and tackled me just like we were full pads and he gave me a hip pointer oh man (laughs) and our defensive coordinator looked down over top of me and he was like hey can you get up and i was like (laughs) he's like no he can't get up and they just moved the practice (laughs) they just moved away from that's what they do yeah that's what they do (laughs) They just wait till the trainers scoops your carcass up off the field. And they just move the track. <laughs> wait, so yeah, that's a thing. So then, how long did it take you to recover from that? Oh, it was a couple weeks. Okay, that, so that start it 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 hurt. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's just tight. Here's the that. deal. So Epstein is out for the year. We know how good Corbin is. I they have a deep running back room, but there's a big drop off between Corbin and the next guy now. Between Bonner and yeah. and uh, Dre Brown, so as long as Corbin plays, I think they get that back. I just think they're going to give up a lot of passing. They're going to give up some points here. I think. Yep. Um, I do like the over because of that because Illinois is going to score theirs too. The tough one here is the spread, and I think because of the hook, I'm just going to go with Eastern Michigan. See, I don't. The hook doesn't scare me no. that much. I expect Illinois to win this game by at least ten points. So, you breaking that down is going to make me look at the over a lot more. Mm-hmm. But going into this, I, I just liked Illinois covering the seven and a half. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving on. We've got a new team in the rankings. Number 21, Maryland, going on the road to take on Temple, who is 1-0. They were idle last week. 
It's an 11 o'clock a.m. game on the CBS Sports Network. Line is Maryland by seven? Mm. Mm. Over under 64. What do you got? All right, so Maryland leads this overall series seven to two. So they played nine times. Nine, t- nine, nine times. times. But Temple won last year. However, Maryland won the first six meetings of, of this uh, series here. Uh, Temple, as I said, won last year as 15 and a half point dogs. Okay. Now, remember last year, the Maryland train was rolling the first couple weeks. That is so weird. I literally have Maryland Express running oh, really? my notes here. Okay. We're starting to think alike, man. This is kind of crazy. Okay, so remember what us talking at this time last year, going into the Temple game, and we're like, maybe Matt Canada is their coach. Correct. Maybe he's the guy. And then it all fell apart in the third and fourth quarter. So it's crazy. I It's exactly where I was going. Okay. Uh, like, you could even go with mid-September Maryland. They're like national championship caliber. It's been like that for a couple years. Now, yeah. it's not fair to Locks. This is a new coaching staff. That, right. That, and I would go so far as to say a big chunk of the reason the the mid-September Maryland fell off, got off the tracks is because of injuries at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's been a big part of it. Sure. Side note, uh, quarterback, Josh Jackson. I mean, I rewatched the the last game. Is you could make an argument nobody's playing better than Josh Jackson. I mean, Justin Fields is right. I agree. Uh, and I'm eat, I I need to. I'm bringing this up so I can get it on you know a recording of me eating my words. I just was more like, is Josh Jackson that good? He definitely looks that good so far. He looks very athletic, great arm. But that we saw that at Virginia Tech when he's a freshman. So here's my question: What is Justin Fuente smoking? At I don't Fontech? know. That never made he, sense to me. He is. What what I mean the overall trajectory feel of that program not good not what I thought it was not at all gonna be like no nope. Justin Fuente is making a stain on all the ACC because like Virginia Tech should be better they should be much better okay Anyways. um so Temple what do we know about them they crushed Bucknell they had a bye last week they have a new coach this year I don't know we much don't know about anything this. About we don't know anything we don't know anything about him yet but we don't know I mean sure but does Mar- Vegas know something yeah because seven it, you, you would expect it to be much bigger wouldn't you right. So I like Maryland. I think so. You talked about the Maryland Express. I think the train keeps rolling. Okay, bring your bagels because there's going to be a ton of locks. (laughs) When did that come to you? That one? I just when I was writing my notes, right? (laughs) A half hour ago. All right. Um, I like Maryland, (laughs) given the points. Yeah, yeah. And I like the the over too. Right. Um, of course, that makes the most sense. It, which right? is why I'm probably going to lose money if I okay. put money down it. That's where I'm going, man. I'm sorry, you? but going something's oppo? up. Something stinks in Denmark with You're this going line. Full Costanza and, here. And and I know the old adage is, you know, Vegas doesn't really think that necessarily. They have to set the line where they get the most action. They could have gotten a lot of action by putting Maryland favored by 13 and a half here. Well, it's not about the most action. Is it? They just want 50% of well, the bets on each well, side. But really. the, okay, I, okay, I, re, I worded that wrong. Yes, they okay. wanted even action is what even I should okay. have said. Fair. Okay, let me read that. I think they could have gotten even action at 13.5 here. I, I would Do think you not so. think like the public would have looked at it and said, okay, that makes sense? Yeah, of course. Like To a certain degree, I think people are looking at this line at 7. They're like, hey, whoa. And they're, yeah, okay. they're, they're stepping back because sure. something's up. Um, one thing I would say is, uh, uh, winning is the best deodorant, right? I'll probably say that again in this podcast. Um, the amazing people love offense. They love, oh man, it's sure. just 
It just makes them feel good mm-hmm. when they're watching it. Their defense is not good. It is okay. still having issues adjusting to the 3-4. Okay? okay. So do I think it's necessarily going to get them this week? No, but it's something to look out for. So I got this sneaking suspicion that Maryland is going to be involved with a mucky game. It's going to be mucky. Okay. I like the under. Okay. Like, I, I think it's going to go way under. Okay. Because it's going to be mucky. And because of that, I'll, I'll take the seven points because something's up. Something's up. With so that you did stuff. the same with Purdue last week and you were right about and it. And I was correct. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. I like that. Okay. All right. Next up, we got a rivalry game. One and one Pittsburgh traveling to Happy Valley to take on number 13, 2 and 0 Penn State. 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is on ABC. Lions favored by 17 and a half points. Over under is 53. This was in the competition to be Big Ten game of the week, I think. But go ahead. Well, it is a rivalry game. Did you know that? <laughs> is that is that a comment on James James Franklin? Franklin's yeah. Video? yeah, yeah. It is a rivalry. It's game. a rivalry. But you know how many times they play, they played a bunch. 52 to 43 and four in favor so it, of Penn State. So it. Hundred even hundred. This is the hundredth meeting, or we've had a hundred before that. 100, I think hundred and or ninety nine. Yeah, so this would be the hundredth meeting. This would be the hundredth meeting. Kind of a big deal. Impressive. Right? Yeah. Wow, but yeah, pretty close too. I, I didn't expect it to be that close, but it's only the fourth meeting since two thousand one. Yeah, and there is nothing on the schedule in the upcoming years for this game. Sadly, uh, James Franklin was right. asked about it in his press conference. He said, "We're open." to conversations with it. Hmm. Uh, but I think the general feeling is they're not totally excited. Yeah. And I think it's basically because, and I, dude, I get this. They're Penn state. Okay. They've already got nine conference games. Yeah. They want to play a big boy team in non-conference, not Pittsburgh. How do you feel about that? Well, and it probably just gets repetitive playing the same non-conference team every year. Don't you want a little variety? Don't your fans want variety? You're talking to an Iowa fan I know. Right I'm, I'm yeah. talking to okay. you. Yeah. yeah, I can pretty much get with that. Yeah, and I think I it's even it. more so with Penn State. And they don't even play every other year. So, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people bag on James Franklin because it's James Franklin. I get what he's trying to say right here. Would you not, as a Big Ten fan, right? You, you are not going to take on a Blue Blood program on top of Pitt. That's stupid. I think that's dumb. But would you not, as a Big Ten fan, okay, would you not trade Pittsburgh for a, a good Florida State team? I don't know. I, I'm kind of reaching Sure, for, as like a, a neutral fan of the Big Ten, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if it was a home-and-home home versus one of those top-flight teams, oh, that would be, be great. incredible. How about Texas and Penn State? That'd be Greatest cool. uniform game of all time. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so revenge. James, hey, by the way, James Franklin, 15-0. and 0. At home in non-conference games. No kidding. Has not lost one. Okay. That's the thing. Revenge game here for Pitt. Yeah. They got their pants pulled down and their naked butt cheeks spanked last year. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was pretty humiliating. Um, And and I don't know how good Pitt is. Uh, Week one, they got beat by Virgi- a good Virginia good team. Good Virginia team. Uh, and then they kind of just mm. you know meandered their way through Liberty 24 nothing. Was it Liberty? I thought it was Ohio. Ohio. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, okay. All right. But same kind of deal. I mean, Ohio's a, a solid MAC team, but you should be. They yeah. they only beat them by a handful of points, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> now at Penn, okay, so it's at Penn State. Yep, at Penn State. 
crowd is going to be as the kids say hype. They don't <laughs> Pretty, say hype as hype as hype as the eleven o'clock kickoff can be. They yeah. drop the D off of it for some reason. It's oh, hype. That, yeah, yeah. You no. don't do the D anymore. You don't say hyped. No, it's not hyped. Thank you for it's letting hype. me know this. That's My kids got to get older so I can get cool. That's what again. the kids say. Yeah. Um, but seventeen and a half points. That seems really big for a rivalry. Here. It does seem big for a rivalry. That's why I really like Pitt here. Yeah. But I like the over because I just don't see Penn State scoring less than like thirty-five points. I continue to be quite a bit in love with Penn State's defense. It might I might actually be too in love with Penn State's defense at this point. I am not in love with Pitt's offense. Yeah. This to me looks like an under. Okay. I don't see very many points from Pitt, but yeah. I think Pitt's defense will be good enough to just challenge Penn State's offensive line. Um that was what I saw before the game last week for uh, uh, Penn State was going against Buffalo. It was going to be a step up in competition and D-line front seven quality, and Penn State struggled with it. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this week. I just don't see any points out of Pitt. So I think maybe this is one of my best plays of the entire weekend is the under 53, and if you if you put a gun up to my head, I would still say Penn State would cover. Like oh, that's okay. what I think it's going to be is something like 31 to 6. Okay. Something like that. So we're thinking a little different on that one. Yes, we are. That's good. We should think different. So good luck anybody out there that's using one of us to pick the games. I would love to know if people are actually stupid enough to do that. But anyways, okay, so that's it for the 11 o'clock a.m. games. Now we move on to the afternoon games. We've got the UNLV running Rebels. First off, what do you think about when you just hear UNLV running Rebels? Well, I think the basketball team, Jerry Tarkania, Tarkania yeah, chewing on the towel. Chewing on the towel. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> With NCAA always chasing after him. Yep. He was the running rebel, really. Good times, Running man. from the NC2A. Good times, man. All right. One and one, UNLV traveling into Evanston to take on the only winless team in the Big Ten, Northwestern, at 0-1. 2.30 p.m. game. This is on Big Ten Network. The line, cats by 18. Yeah. Over under 54. Is there a team in the Big Ten that wants to get week three going more than uh, Northwestern and their fans? Probably not. Although, with the injuries, uh, Bowser probably not playing, I don't think. It's Hunter Johnson's team now. So, all-time, Northwestern's 2-0 and against UNLV. They played twice before They this. played twice before. Gary Barnett took one. Okay. And the late, great Randy Walker took one. Okay. From UNLV. All right. Time for Fitzy to put his... Name on the mantle That's versus right. UNLV. That's a, that'd be a good trio right there of coaches. Yeah, I guess so. As far as what I'm looking at, I'm looking what I'm tuning in to watch Northwestern. It's Hunter Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is all about Hunter Johnson right now. It's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. They could lose four more guys on the defense, and, and I'm not. I don't want that. I'm just saying, you know, sake of conversation, the defense is still going to be fine, but that offense right now. We got, what are we going to see? I, I am I am intrigued to know what we're going to see from the offense. So the, the the line's minus 18, Northwestern minus 18. But can Northwestern score even like 20 points? That's the deal. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, okay, so UNLV looked terrible against Arkansas State. And they beat South Utah. Right. Didn't even know they had a team. Right. Don't know, don't, don't right. know where they play, what yep. division. Uh, so we don't know anything about them. Yeah, we know nothing they, about them. They played them. A, a probably what I would assume – an awful FCF team and killed them, and then played a okay, you know, group of five team and got killed. We, right. we know nothing. And Northwestern played a very good, or at least solid Stanford team and looked pretty horrible. Right. So here we've got 
two bad offenses and one good defense. To me, that equals an under for the 54 total. Sometimes you look at Vegas and you say they're up to something. Sometimes you're going to go oppo again and you're like, I just, I can't get with it. I can't get with this being a high scoring game. No, I can't get with Northwestern beating the brakes off somebody enough where it's a three touchdown. game. Okay. Is it going to surprise us to see that UNLV only puts six points on the board? No. And Northwestern wins the game 31 to six in cover simply because they just, UNLV doesn't have the ball as much. But sure. to me, that's the only way that goes down. This isn't a right. This isn't a explosion of points nope. from Northwestern. I know they're coming off being idle, and maybe they'll be rest up. But but they they've still had so many kinks to work out. Okay, so you're going Northwestern Under, laying the points. I, no, I'm taking I'm taking UNLV in the points. Oh, I'm I, sorry. That's yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm taking UNLV in the yes. points, and then I'm I'm taking the under too. Me too. So why are you going Costanza on on um, uh, what game was it? Uh, yeah, well, you know. Well, it was uh, uh, Temple, Maryland. Temple, Maryland. Temple. Yeah, you're going Penn- to you do, If every inclination you ever had was wrong, <laughs> the opposite must be right. Yeah, but you're not going opposite on this game. Why no, not? No, uh, the the gods speak to me sometimes. Okay, and that's right. that's there's just something that can you give them my number? You, you don't want them calling <laughs> you. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> All right, next up. Georgia Southern, Uga Southern at 1-1 one and one coming into the bank to take on the Minnesota Golden Golfers who are 2-0. It's a 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. we got dueling Big Ten Network games here. Um, the Gophers are favored by 16, and the over-under is 46.5. What do you got? First meeting ever between these two squads here. A lot of them this year. So Georgia Southern, they're a running team, right? They're a running team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They play a similar style to what Georgia Tech used to play. Yeah. This Minnesota team kind of put the smack down on Georgia Tech last year in their bowl game. They sure they? did. That's a good point. So it tells me they, they can defend that triple option pretty well. One would think uh, they've had some live scrimmaging with it with what is mostly the same front seven from yeah. last year. I mean, certainly right. a couple key misses. Um, Georgia Southern uh, squeaked by Maine last week. Yeah. Uh, basically got... They had to give in their man cards by the end of the LSU game in week one, which we kind of understand to a certain degree. Um, we have not seen what I'm excited to see or tuning in to see, as, as our theme is, can Minnesota put a complete game together? Right. Now, they haven't played well so far, but PJ's got them in that W column twice. Yeah. I think this is when they finally get it together. I think, you know, en- enough there to are screw plausible, around, guys. There are plausible for lack of a better term, excuses for each one. Okay. I am a sure. big believer in the little brother mentality FCS thing that they got, you know, uh, hung up with first week. Um, yeah. I mean, those guys had, had Minnesota scouted out for months and months. Then you follow that up with a trip to the West coast to play, you know, it's a, it's a good Fresno state team. So any way you win that game is good. I, I don't even know if it's as much as not looking good. They just played a good team last week Does probably that make sense? sure and and it was a gritty performance by the Gophers. it was a gritty performance now you come back and a georgia southern team has kind of they've probably got a little of the excitement off the season you know they got shellacked week one now they got to travel again all the way up to i guarantee how much how, how much would you wager 
Where would you where would you set the over under on a amount of players on Georgia Southern's team that doesn't even know where Minnesota's at until they <laughs> travel up to see? I don't know about not know where it's at, but how many on their team have ever even been north of the Mason Dixon line? Correct. Or let alone in Minnesota. Yeah. Or probably think it's going to be twenty degrees when they land in Minnesota. That too. Yeah, yeah they're probably bringing their coats. I've, Anyways, point I'm trying to make is that I, I can't see Georgia Southern having as much of that let's knock off the big guy mentality. They don't think of Minnesota. That's not a knock on Minnesota. That's right. a knock on, you know, what the, the SEC stuff they've had spoon fed down to them. You get you see what I'm getting at here? Like, I don't know where this motivation is going to come. Vegas sees something. I mean, Minnesota hasn't been dynamic enough to warrant a 16-point spread. But it's there. Sure. So I like that. I like the over. I like the gophers covering the 16. I like I like things to look a lot better by the time this game's over for the gophers. I agree with you on all points. All right. Next up, this is our last afternoon game that we cover here. This is a good one. Arizona State 2-0. Sun Devils coming into East Lansing to play the number 18 Michigan State Spartans. 3 o'clock p.m. game. This is on Fox. Sparty favored by two touchdowns, 14 points, over under a lowly 41.5. Mm-hmm. So Arizona State leads the overall series two games to one. Of course, they won last year out in the desert. They played a home-and-home home in 85 and 86 when John Cooper and George Perlis were the coaches at the respective schools. Really? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. So they split that home-and-home. Home. Okay. Um. Yeah. What are you looking for? Okay. What am I looking for? We saw an offensive explosion finally from Michigan State last week. We've been waiting, you know, a little over a season essentially for that. We know that their defense is going to be good. Arizona State trotting out a true freshman quarterback who played pretty well in in one of uh, was it last week that yeah. he threw for like yeah looked decent right. I mean they, it was Sac State. <laughs> that's, that's true. It was Sac State. Good point. Sac State. That, that's, that's another right. unfortunate. So name. if. if <laughs> If you remember, has Sac State ever played ball state? <laughs> we got to set that up. We got to get those two ADs in touch with each other, right? They're so close to each other. <laughs> yes, they're right next door. Uh, so if you remember preseason, this was my Michigan State curb stomp game. Yeah. And I feel like they, they're building towards that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're 100% building towards it. And Arizona State's not looking great. No. Um, so I'm I'm I like I really like Michigan State laying the 14. Okay, and I'm leaning to the over too. I'm I'm I definitely like Michigan State covering the 14. I, I, there could be a take the bodies off the field type of feel to this for mm-hmm. Arizona State. I just I I think you you could even add in a little bit of Michigan State being upset they lost that game last year to the I all the other so, right? other things that are involved with this. Um, little bit of a body clock slash out of your element type of thing for Arizona State flying up to Minnesota or to uh, Michigan. I there isn't much here that I see that would make me think Arizona State's going to make this much of a game. Like I I feel like there will be sharp money coming in on this line pretty quick. Um, the over under is tricky to me. You want to know why? Because thirty five to seven is right on the line. And that's a very Sparty score, isn't it? Right. Or 28 to 7, or maybe they squeak out another field goal where it's 28 to 10. By the way, that's two points over the line itself. 
I, I, I don't know if Arizona State's going to put enough points on the board to get it over. But sure. that's such a low over-under at 41.5. I would edge towards the over, but I think I like Michigan State laying the points more. And Elijah Collins, they might have found their running back. Yes. That might have been the missing if element. If Elijah right Collins looks as good this week as he did last week. Uh, by the way, the second game in for the young guy, that's that's always where you see the fumbles. I'll call it right now. He's going to fumble okay. in, this, in this game. Um, but... If he runs like he does last week, I don't know. I don't know how Arizona State's going to win this game. Yeah. They're not going to put enough points on the board. All right, so now we move into the evening games again. Two good games here, I think, in the evening. Uh, this is this one's sneaky. I mean, sneaky across. Nobody, not enough people are talking about this game to me. The TCU Horn Frogs one and zero. Coming into West Lafayette to play Purdue, is also, who is 1-1. One one. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. The Horn Frogs, favored by 2.5 points on the road, over-under 51. What are you looking at? Purdue 2-0 in this series. They played 1969 and 70 in a home-and-home. Really? Home. Yeah. Okay. Beat them both times. Well, sure. TCU would have been... Small, small potatoes. That's back true. Then. Yeah. But that would have been part of the, what is it, the the Southwest Athletic Conference, okay. the SWAC, isn't that yeah. what they called it back all then? Right. It was all the Texas schools. And I what think did that have been, like the Pony Express? You know, like. Yeah, the SMU was SMU. in the conference, I believe, SMU. right? Okay. Yeah, so um, TCU was off. They were idle last week. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. And they had an okay win versus Arkansas Pine Bluff, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our Kansas, I should say. Pine so Bell. we don't know a heck of a lot about TCU, but this line didn't it open favoring Purdue and it moved four points? Yeah, so people definitely wanted to put the money on TCU. I was surprised to see Purdue uh, favored at to I come was out. Too. Um, there is, there's a, you know, with me like kind of bagging on the Vegas line earlier. Now I'm gonna, <laughs> now I'm gonna agree with what people say. I do think. There are times where the line is set for for different from where it was. Do you think it's it's a situation where I, I think TCU has a lot of respect nationally? Sure, from yeah, fans. definitely. So one would think they would set the line to start out with favoring TCU because they would believe that that would get the most action on both sides. Maybe, I, which is why I was surprised to see it. Start with Purdue. I don't know if that made any sense. I was just surprised to see Purdue. Favorite. I was surprised as well. Now, Purdue, and then we've got so we don't issues. know if Sindelar's going to play. Right. We know Marcus Bailey's not going to play. Correct. Lorenzo Neal, he's not going to play. Correct. So I, I just don't know. It's we we know TCU's got a good defense typically, right? Yep. So if typically, Sindel, if Sindelar was playing, could they slow him down? If he's not playing, I think they will slow him down. Right. So, so everybody's making this out to be, and it is. It's a chess match between uh, uh, TCU's Gary Patterson mm-hmm. and our boy Brom. Rams like Tom. Brom. Yep. Um, and it is. It, we got an offensive mind versus a defensive mind. Um, the, what I don't like about TCU, I'm, you, if, if you know me, you know that quarterback battles make me feel skittish. We got one in TCU. Um, so they got K-State transfer Alex Delton and then the true freshman Max Dugan from the great state of Iowa. Um, so they have, they both got almost equal reps in the game. Uh, Dugan looks shakier, but yet they move the ball well with them. Whereas, and this will make sense. Alex Delton is more of a runner because yeah, he was in the, right. So they've got a little bit of, you know, throwing quarterback slash quarterback 
going on, um, running quarterback. Wonderful going to use on. both of them. Uh, that is the plan. That's okay. what you're going to I could to see, see that being effective, especially with Marcus Bailey out. I don't know. I, I was surprised that Purdue came out favored. Two and a half. I just, I'm going to go TCU. Yeah. Laying the two and a half. Yeah. I am agreeing with the public Tough one here. Is the total, though. I, I mean, there's a lot to be skittish about with Purdue. Um, I mean, Elijah Sindelar is the best quarterback on the team. I mean, there's a reason he's got yeah. all the reps in the first two games. Sometimes I read too much into this stuff, but they asked Jeff Brom about the backup quarterback, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Jack Plummer. Yeah. Um, but from Arizona, who is related to Jake, isn't he? He's not. He's not. His name is oh. Jack Plummer. He's from Arizona. He's not related to Jake, okay. which is crazy. Um, I just felt like when they asked Jeff Brom about the backup, I felt like you could feel his his butt cheeks clenching <laughs> sure. up in the chair. Yeah. And he then gave a coach speak answer that he felt like he needed to give. That's it. A degenerate gambler like me feels like he can read through stuff like that. <laughs> that cinched it up for me to to take TCU. And and laying the two and a half points, mm-hmm. um, I I feel like we're due for a Purdue game not going so high scoring. Yeah, right. And and to be honest with you, I expected this to be higher than fifty one. Yeah, I so guess they, I did too. So I will take the under. But I like I like TCU covering more. I'm leaning under. I I I have on but my sheet under, thing, but I like just you, don't feel good about it. I'm okay, not gonna, no, I don't feel good. Would about never it put either. money on that one. All right, last evening game. Northern Illinois, the Huskies at one and one coming into Lincoln to play the also one and one Nebraska Cornhuskers. Seven o'clock PM game. This is on FS1. The Cornhuskers favored by 14 over under at 54.5. What do you got? Nebraska leads the all time series two to one. Of course, they dropped the 2017 game. They won in 1990 in Lincoln, 60 to 14 against an NIU team that featured quarterback Stacy Robinson. Do you remember oh, that wow. name? Oh, yeah. You remember that? He ran for three, same season, not again in that game, but ran for 308 yards as a quarterback to set the single game record against Fresno State okay. that was later beaten by Jordan Lynch, also from NIU. Northern Illinois. Remember that? He ran for 321 versus Western Michigan. He's now the head coach at Mount Carmel High School. There's a fun fact to know and tell. He played there as well. He supplanted legendary Frank Lenti at Mount Carmel. You so, told me before we sat down you had some good nuggets. You came real with it right there, yep. man. Nice Lenti work. was coaching when I was in high school, and he okay. was already a legend back then. Right. And he just replaced him a couple years ago. Okay. All right. So last year, uh, well-documented, Northern Illinois beat – or two years ago, excuse me, beat Nebraska. Um so I, I guess you can't really talk about Nebraska right now without talking about the global situations going on with Nebraska okay. right now. Well, you were just talking about Brom. If you don't mind me, start. Yeah, go. I'm going to start with Scott Frost. And okay. what he said, I think it was yesterday, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, where he basically said, we don't have, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, we don't have the guys to compete at a high level right now. Well, Once we that's have a, those guys. That's a, Th- that might be a little aggressive paraphrasing. He basically said, "Would you agree?" We, he said, "We will when we get to the point where we can just roll in guys after guys, even if we have injuries. That's going to be awesome." That's basically what he said. Which, ba- which a lot of people took it as, "Wow!" So I, we just don't have the guys right now. Well, to- but okay. But let me ask you: Don't you think that's throwing your current players under the bus a little bit? I think that was the general reaction from people on Twitter that read it. Yeah. That's the way I took it. I, I My whole thing is just, 
why 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 would you say that? Why would that why, why would you don't that, gain anything from that? That's what I'm saying. Like, but after you get done saying that, you still have the players on your team. So you, you so the only way that you view that is to motivate your players to become those players, I guess. I Maybe that's what he's trying to do. I don't know. I, I, but aren't you also basically saying I'm I I'm not it's not about me coaching them up. I just need the best players and then we'll be fine. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it from that point of view. So but. we we haven't seen a you know a very good Nebraska team yet. They they haven't looked the first there's game been po- like you're talking this year. Yeah, this year there's been pockets of both. of good play. Yeah, but there's also been bad play. Those comments maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's not giving me the good feels for this program right now. It's not. It doesn't. I mean, it, it can't give you the good feels. I don't know how it could give you the good feels, but this is my thought process. Scott Frost is still a young coach and a relatively young man. Yeah. And, and I just don't think he's learned through the trials and tribulations of being at a, not just a power five school, but a extremely well covered power five school where every time you say something like this, it's going to get retweeted and sent out to the, in the universe times, times 10 million. Yeah. He hasn't learned that coach etiquette yet. The coach learned to, to speak and coach speak. And and coach speak is annoying, but it's there for a reason because right. I think older so coaches, that people like us don't overreact about stuff like <laughs> correct, this. and especially in the Twitter day and age. The other thing too is along the lines of that is I understand from Nebraska fans' point of view and from Nebraska's players' point of view they were pissed when they lost to Colorado. Yeah. That emotion came out from Frost and and Adrian Martinez and Mohamed Berry after the game. You know. And I I get that, but again, don't you don't you keep some of that in and out of the public to like not cause concern for the overreaction because this this gets into the are you gonna let Colorado beat you twice type of talk right because it's it's in the past who cares at this point just and let it that go. was going to be onto my next thing this isn't even that big of a loss it's not no that it's big not of a we deal. we mentioned that on the last cast is. Every single goal you had preseason is still in front of you. It's 100%. Not, it, it, of course, you want to beat Colorado, their rival, but it's not a it's not a conference game. Right. Let it go. And, I mean, I, I Mohamed Barry said, I think it was in their Monday presser, nobody's going to care about this game once we make it to Indianapolis. Again, yeah. uh, optics, he does have a point. Nobody would care about I this game like if they go 7-2 and two in the Big Ten and they're a 9-3 and three team in the Big Ten championship yeah but i would just word it differently as in if we keep improving and we're you know make enough and get to an in like he's just stating it as well we're going to indianapolis right now does that make sense like, yeah i see what you're saying well i mean devil's in the details a little bit yeah. with that but anyways so nebraska's just three and 12 against the spread in their last 15 home games really yeah that's a stat tell me about it i so everything right now to me is leaning niu and the under Okay. Um, lost in last week was just how good Nebraska's defense looked in the first half. Yeah. That is a Colorado offense that I expect to continue putting points well, on the board. Well, because you were hammering the over. And Which didn't it, it, did it, it go I think over? It, but I it, think it got to because it went But only because no, of overtime. Right. I mean, it was it was either. Yeah, I think it just went over, actually. Did it? Okay. Um, and no, but it did. It didn't look anything like an over hmm. in the first half. It didn't look like anything with Colorado coming close. I, I picked Nebraska to cover the spread last week. I uh, just thought it would be kind of a shootout cover type of deal. 
I'm tell I mean, it's it's crazy, but like before the season started, everybody just assumed the offense was going to be good and that the defense was going to continue to struggle. I really do think it's 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 flipped a little. Like I think so. I, I'm not going so far as to say Nebraska's got a great defense and their offense is junk. It's not that, but I honestly feel more confident about the Nebraska defense looking do better too. for a full game than I do the the offense at this point. I think I kind of do too. And because of that, because Illinois, Northern Illinois uh, challenged the heck out of Utah. Yes, they did last week. That was a close game for going into the third quarter yeah, right. until Utah just kind of outclassed them. So they're not afraid to come in and play this game. By the way, first year coach Thomas Hammock, former player. Yeah. So, but he's he's got him playing hard. Crazy to find out right now that you like the under. I love the under in this game. Oh, okay. I like I like Nebraska's defense to look really good for more than two quarters. I think they're gonna look good for more than like three or four quarters. I don't think Northern Illinois has got a very good offense, by the way, but I do think Northern Illinois is good enough to muck it up. So I don't, I don't. If I if you're putting a gun up to my head. I'll take North. I'll take Nebraska to cover okay. the, four, the fourteen, but I like the under a lot more. Fair enough. All right, so that gets us to the the number nineteen Iowa Hawkeyes at two and zero going into Ames to take on the one and zero Iowa State Cyclones. This is a three o'clock p.m. game on FS1. Also, will kind of be on ESPN. As game day is in lames. Excuse me, Ames. Ooh, Ooh. shots fired. Yeah. I can kind of say what I want here because this is a Big Ten podcast, and if a Big 12 fan gets offended, I don't really care. You know what? I, I know a big Iowa State fan that yeah. listens to our podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'm sorry I offended that guy, I guess, <laughs> to a certain degree. But All right, so Hawks are favored by two and a half points. The over-under, pretty low, 44.5. This started out as Iowa State being favored by one. So yeah. it swung a whole field goal and a hook. What do you got? 44 and 22. That's the overall record here. Mm-hmm. Iowa, of course, with the 44 and Iowa State with the 22. Iowa had a 15 game win streak from 83 to 97. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. Do you know what happened right after that? Iowa State rolled off five in a row. Very good. Yeah. Well, I was on the field during the when the streak came to an end. It's one of the most you know, horrible sporting moments of my entire life. So that could have something to do with the way you feel about those this damn, game from those now damn on. Davis brothers. Man. Yeah, it was Darren Davis actually. That was so Troy was one. the older one. Darren was the younger. Yeah, yeah. I liked watching those guys back then. They were talented dudes. And dude, Dan McCartney could coach up a football team. He he sure could. He that's was a great all, coach. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And you know the whole. <laughs> The James Franklin not acknowledging that a game's a rivalry and means more. Yeah. Dan McCartney did not take that approach, and no. he will definitely uh, say that. Been rumored to be the guest picker this oh, week. Oh, really? Okay. Um, that was a big thing on Iowa and Iowa State Twitter this week, which, of course, has been going at it nonstop. Um, my personal choice would be, if it's a person with Iowa State ties, would be Seneca Wallace. Mm, that'd be a good one. Do you think he's enough of a cachet to... To yeah, be on I think there. so. I mean, Why not? I, yeah, that's who I would pick. He so. has cachet with me. Yeah, I think he's got cachet with college football fans. I think so. Yeah. I mean, he was in the he NFL was... long enough too, with Seattle, where people knew yeah. him then. And as he well. was just a stud at Iowa State. He was a stud. Um, yeah. So the, the the fifteen in a row deal, it is a thing that it just you look still... like John Gruden right now. 
Um, you're, it's like you're getting ready. Like you, you got the scowl on your face, and all right, <laughs> the furrowed brow. Um, all right, so the fifteen and zero streak. Uh, people about my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older. That's just what they grew up with. That sure. was the thing. Sure, and it it's always been hard to just not think to a certain degree that that's not, it's just, it becomes a part of your DNA when you, when you have a winning streak yeah. that long. Now I don't think I'm ultimately still expect that there are still Iowa fans that just expect we're going to rip off 12 wins in a row, whatever. I'm not, I'm not one of those. In fact, what's always upset me about this rivalry is talking about the rivalry with the, the not so uh, intelligent college football fans, which by the way is 97% Most of, of college football fans. Yes. And when Iowa wins the game, it's just ho-hum. And when we lose, it's a big deal. And they act like Iowa State is uh, a, a lowly group of five team. And I felt like I always had to explain to them, like, you know, this is a this is a power five conference team. Right. Jack Trey Stadium is huge. a huge yeah. stadium. It's one of the biggest stadiums in the entire Big 12. I think well, it's third. third, I believe, yeah. right behind, behind Texas and Oklahoma. So, Which you wouldn't think, but I've, it is. I've seen it. It's it's a big stadium. And to Iowa State fans' credit, they pack that thing all the time. Good it fans, is. very rabid fans. Have to admit, as far as showing up to, you know, one hundred percent, they're a huge supporter of Iowa State athletics. So it is weird to me that I, I it's okay. We're recording this on Wednesday evening. I, I have the right to change my mind at any point between now and kickoff, but I don't feel as worked up for this game. Because Iowa State has garnered so much respect for the last two years under Matt Campbell that if I felt like there was more to lose when sure. we were favored by for you know 14 points. So you're unclenching your butt cheeks just because if you lose the game, it's actually a good loss. It's yeah, right. I mean, good loss as defined as it's not an embarrassing it's loss. It's not an embarrassing loss. It's kind of comparative to when Iowa goes on the road and plays Michigan and they're a 13-point dog. Certainly, I'm tuning in, you know, to watch the game. But if if they lose the game, you think to yourself, well, you know, you're not going to win them all. I'll be able to get over that. You move on. It's not the same with this, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like encroaching in on that. Right. Um. On top of that, just the rivalry itself, I find it unique. Um, there's, It's a sparsely populated state. You look at Wisconsin, more people. You look at Minnesota, more people. Nebraska, about the same. And they only they have don't one have, Power 5 team. In they don't have states. a team to compete with. And right. not only do we have a D1 team, it's a D1 team in a Power 5 conference. And then you add on top of it, there's no NFL team to compete with. Sure. But with that being said... I could be wrong here. There could be a lot of Hawkeye fans that would hear this that would just like uh, cuss at me, but I really only hate Iowa State for a week. It's a okay. week. Like I just, I just more don't like them a whole bunch. The 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 other fifty one weeks of the year. Does that make sense? Sure. I I, I would not have guessed that. Really? Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, again, like I there I can pick out certainly three or four conference games that I would much rather win. You know, if if the football gods came up to me and said. I will give you three guaranteed wins. Iowa State would not be one of them that I would pick okay. this, this year. So I wonder how many intrastate non-conference rivalries there are in college football. Right. It's it's. Is there another one like that? Well, Miami I mean, or um, well, uh, yeah, okay. Miami, Florida. Right. I mean, you're talking. I mean, there's tons of 
of interstate rivalries. I mean, Auburn, Alabama. But I'm talking UCLA. about non-conference. Correct. That's what makes it unique. It, I think the uniqueness is the non-conference as well as the no NFL team, the the, the sparsely dent, you know, uh, uh, populated yeah. state. I, I just think that adds something to it. But I think for the most part, like if we're going to compare it to Auburn, Alabama, okay, and I, I know there's no comparison to it, but like I don't think we hate each other as much as Auburn, Alabama does. We certainly don't hate each other as much as Michigan, Ohio State does. It's not even close. Okay. Um, I, get, I, I feel hate, though. But during the week just during that week during okay. the the game i don't get me wrong there is a ton of there's a ton of twitter action yeah out, outside of the week um i think for the most part that is more of the trolley type that are going at it um i i i mean i don't i don't run into a lot of iowa fans that think we're just going to roll our hat out and win this game. i would hope you run into none of them that think that well they're out there on twitter really? yeah i mean i'm i'm not one of them neither are the people that i spend my time with you know texting or, I mean, or calling if there's one thing you say about matt campbell you know you're going to run into a good a well-coached team right? absolutely and there's a ton of respect between the two staffs uh that i think they both the staffs really respect each other okay. i think they're they they recruit rather cleanly they the type of play i mean they um uh, one of the uh, uh iowa state beat writers that i've follow on twitter um he says all the time that he feels like a lot of what mike campbell has done is by using a lot of uh kirk ferentz type of of thought process okay. and stuff one thing that i do get annoyed with with iowa state fans though while we're on the topic is they get too puffy chesty with matt campbell i mean they act like yes, he has they- already surpassed everybody in the division one football except for nick saban and 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 Dabo and they get a little too puffy chesty i've actually it. been attacked by iowa state fans for kind of disagreeing with where matt campbell is on the the you know the the collegiate coaching spectrum yeah I, there was some list and i'm like well i think matt campbell's a little high i would move him down a little bit and then you i just got absolutely attacked there there you go there you go so and you're an Illini fan saying right it, so can imagine if an hawkeye fan says it that's where a lot of it's at okay that was a lot on the rivalry i think i got a lot of that off my chest um so, i was the looking game. good we yeah. know we know that um Iowa State didn't look great in the first game, but you and I is a really good FCS team. They turned around and absolutely spanked the next team they were playing. They were up 31 nothing in, I think it was the second quarter, maybe even the third. So I'm not taking anything there's from that nothing, game. There's almost nothing to take from that. I, st- I still believe this is going to be a very good Iowa State team this year. Game day is there for the first time ever. First time Iowa State's ever been a part of game day. Ever. Yeah. So Another point of contention between Iowa and Iowa State fans this week, because naturally Iowa fans said, well, you're welcome for getting game day. They're, you know, they're there as much, if not more, because of us. Now, that's that's arrogance. And But with that being said, game day doesn't come to Ames unless both teams are considered good. Right. You know, you needed both sides of the absolutely. Equation. And another thing I'd like to point out: thank you, Iowa State, for looking like dung versus you and I because it knocked them out of the ring. Right. And I was going to say this should be two. Should be this two. Should be two ranked for the first time ever. That'd game. be the first time ever, right? Yeah. Um. I I agree with you. Just the same stuff that we talked about earlier with uh, SDSU challenging Minnesota, looking at that game. You know, for six months before you got the exact same thing with you and I looking deep into Iowa State. They wanted that win more than anything. Um. So, yeah, I don't pull much out. But there were certain things watching that game where you wonder. Yeah. And one of the things I wonder about is just how much they miss 
Hakeem Butler, but especially David Montgomery. Yeah, that that's fair. Now, I predicted early or preseason that Iowa State would win this game. I've the both these teams to me are still what I expected going into the season. Okay, I haven't changed my mind at all. Okay, on this game. All right, again, game day's there for the first time, so the kids are going to be what hype, right? <laughs> yep. So I I just. Again, nothing has changed for me. I like ISU, especially, uh, especially I like them not only to cover the two and a half, I like them to win the game outright. Okay. Um, to me, ISU was too heavily favored this summer. I mean, I'm dead serious. I bet you 80% of the polls I saw on Twitter or predictions for all the college football Twitter handles were pre- predicting Iowa State to win the game. I, mm-hmm. Way too much for, for me to be – to see Iowa State favor that much. Now, after the first two weeks of the season, I feel like it's swung back too much. I mean, the fact that that line moved three and a half points, two and a half to the favor Iowa, definitely shows you that the betting public and people that pay attention to this are favoring Iowa. So I think it's it's favored Iowa too much now. It favored Iowa State before. I'm kind of with you in the fact that it's always seemed like a pretty close matchup to me. I never knew why somebody could just take – authoritarian stance on who was going to win this game. It was just too close to sure. me. Um, Iowa State has a really good defense. They've got dudes. Ray Lima on the defensive line. Mike Rose at linebacker. They've got dudes on, on that defense. Okay. But can I ask you this question? Iowa State's defense is generally considered the best defense in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe TCU or somebody else is sure. challenge them, but for the most part. Let me ask you this. Where do you think Iowa State's defense would rank in the Big 10? Oh, boy. I mean, they'd be right in the middle, don't you think? <laughs> okay. That kind of proves my point. They're, they're not better than Michigan State. No. They're not better than Penn State. They're not better than Wisconsin. Probably not. No. I doubt they're better in Michigan. I doubt they're better in Ohio State, and I don't think they've got a better defense than Iowa. They would probably be somewhere around, at best, this fifth or sixth best defense in the Big yeah. Ten. okay. So if, we're, if, if Iowa's going against a team like that week six, and it's that type of defense, I don't even know how much we're talking about the defense. It's just because they stand out that much more in the Big 12. Is is there that, a little yeah, bit of fair I, I can assessment see where you're coming from on that. going on there? Yeah. On the other side, I do think that last year, the last two years, uh, the improved Iowa State offense looked better running the ball because I think David Montgomery was mm. that good. He got so many you know, yards after contact that it made what I don't think is a very good Iowa State offensive line, even to this day. It's almost all seniors starting. Okay. They lost their center during the UNI game. They got a brand new guy starting against what I think is a pretty good front seven. I definitely see why people don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. But don't you think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is just me going off the top of my head. I didn't look back at the scores over the last few years. This is oftentimes a barn burner where they. It's, I mean, they, it, it takes been... a year. It takes a year off and on. So okay. last year, I mean, there was only 16 points scored in the whole game. Thir- okay, 13 to three. But two years ago, wasn't it like that was a 42 bar... to to 35 or yep. something like overtime that? game? And then who threw the touchdown pass in that game? Nate Stanley. Sure. Who did he throw it to? Amir Smith Marset. Okay. Point I'm trying to make is there is a lot of playmakers that are on the field this weekend that I've already played in Jack Trice. They went on record as saying. They, they uh, I think it was Stanley or maybe it was Amir Smith-Marset that he listed off only Penn State for being a crazier environment that they played in. No kidding. And, you know, you think about a See, lot of the Big I Ten I think conventional games. wisdom says to take the 
under here. Yeah. That's why I'm going with the over. And I feel the same way. Oh, I really? F- okay. I, I, I don't like the over or the under. I'm not that. No, I don't I, love and you, it. And you know, way. I don't bet on, on Iowa at all with this stuff, but there's something that is telling me that more points are going to get yeah. put on the board. I think the general thought process, if that happens, it favors Iowa state. I don't see it. I see a lot of, I don't advantage. know that it favors either team. I, I don't think it does either, but I think Iowa state's uh, defense is great. I'm just and Brock Purdy, which I haven't brought up. He's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is both a running and throwing threat. I don't know what to say other than that. Iowa state offensive line would scare the heck out of me. If I was a cyclone fan, I, I Nate Stanley has been there, done that to a certain degree. I used to think my picks actually affected games like okay. this. I don't think that anymore. Basically I had the, the opposite effect. So you thought you were a musher. I thought I was a musher for my own team. I am a musher. Yeah. I know this. We all got a little bit of mushness in us, I think, but uh-huh. I like Iowa to win this game. I like them okay. to cover the two and a half points, not okay. by a lot. I just think it's going to be a, a pretty salty 28 to 21, 28 to 23 type of game. Nobody's ever going to feel comfortable in this game, but I think we're going to walk away. Both fan bases will think pretty good about their team. I just think okay. I was going to win the game. Fair enough. Yeah. Does that make me a homer? No. I mean, I swear, I, I'm, I swear that I, I, I wish been... I could do the same with my team, by the way, and yeah. just say like, I have no effect on this game. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter if I'm at the game or not at the game, but I can't. I think I started letting go of that about the time I started having kids. I don't know why, but Hmm. I just got to the point where I'm like, that's just kind of stupid. Did I I tell you I've been banned by my friends from attending Illini? Yeah, I did hear that. Contests. Yeah. I mean, I ended a 27 game win streak for the baseball team. That's tough to do. Yeah. I ended a nine game volleyball. Oh yeah. They lost in the final four because I was there. Yeah. Obviously that's why they lost nine game streak. We had over Mizzou and basketball. I finally decided to go to that game lost yeah i could go on i I should make a list someday (laughs) someday we will you got anything more no i don't have anything else all right i am jeffrey the greek and i'm big kurt this is the eyes on big podcast thanks for listening bye